right, there we go. It is Christmas. Coronas made everything a bit more crummy this year. But it is Christmas season, and I think uh, it is a great time to be in church, and it's a great time to uh, perk our hearts up and remind us uh, the greatest uh, thing in the world is that Jesus came to us at Christmas. Just by way of reminders, take time to fill out your uh, connection card, if you will, there in the pews. And I believe online there is a place where you can connect and fill out a connection card as well. We encourage you to do that. And um, just by way of a few announcements, uh, March of the Manger, already uh, after one week of our $10,000 goal, we've taken in $2,400. And you can do all the giving can be done online, uh, even if it's a special project and your regular Tyson offerings, or you can just do it uh, here in church by putting all of your information and your offering in the containers as you leave. So, man, baskets and blessings. I think we're up to 25 baskets online that Sherry and I have to shop for this week, and uh, we're recruiting a few volunteers. We've delivered eight, and uh, we probably have another 15 coming in still. So, um, we want to support United Christian Ministries. They are the ministry. We support them with our missions funds, but that is where we send people to get food and help. So I appreciate so much what you're doing. A Christmas pause. Those three days that we're supposed to have nativity, 18th, 19th, and 20th, we're going to open the sanctuary one family at a time in here. And we'll give you 15 minutes. We're going to have a little guide. It's a time for you to gather the family, the ones that you're not afraid to get cooties from, right, because you've been around them, whoever that group is, or maybe you're by yourself, come in, and you, we're going to schedule you every 15 minutes, and um, Pastor Sherry and I have started doing that this week, and we will actually have you wait outside, we'll come, and we'll meet you, and then we'll have you come in, and then the next car will be waiting, and as we get you to leave, we'll sanitize, and we'll do it all over again. This place is beautiful at night, with the Christmas lights, and there's nothing like being in God's house at Christmas. So I just want to encourage you, just 15 minutes on any of those days. So I can tell you right now, Friday is wide open from 6 to 8.15, uh, Saturday 6.15 to 8, and on Sunday 6.30 to 8.15. So if on your connection card you already know what day you want to come, write it on there. Pastor Sher and I will get you connected. Just say, we would like to come Saturday this time. And uh, if we need to finagle it a little bit, We'll get with you and we'll work on that. Now, Christmas Eve this year is going to be online. Pastor Heath and the pastors are all working on putting this together. And so what we're going to do is we're making packages of, of candles for you. And they're numbered. It says two. So if you're a family of two, if you're going to have uh, 10 people at your house on Christmas Eve and you're going to all do it together, you let us know. We have plenty of candles. We'll send them home with you. You can watch the Christmas Eve service at 11 in the morning. You know, after you get the turkey stuffed or whatever you're doing. And, or you can watch it at midnight if you want. That's the leisure of being online. But you can get your candles for the candlelight service. They're, they are out in the foyer today, out in the middle. All I ask is that you don't gather. So if you need them, kind of step out and let Pastor Randy know, and he'll get those for you. So we're going to jump right into our sermon this morning. I'm glad you're here as we're continuing in our series on Christmas carols. If you'll grab... Uh, your message outline and a pen, we'll take a few notes and we're going to get started. So today we are looking at O Come All Ye Faithful. 
And O Come All You Faithful has been around in the form as we know it and as we sang it this morning for almost 300 years. The words or the lyrics were originally written, like most of our carols, in another language. It was written in Latin. But for a long time, they didn't know who the original author was. So when the music was written, if you look in a hymnal, it'll have the name of the composer on one side and the name of the, the person who wrote the lyrics on the other. Well, there was no author listed, just the composer. So that kind of led to everyone and their brother claiming that I wrote this carol. It's called the Portuguese hymn because someone in Portugal decided that they wrote it. So sometime later, uh, someone went to work and debunked all the mysteries and all the legends, and it turns out that the um, actual author of this carol was the composer himself. It was an English Catholic priest named John Francis Wade. Now listen, this song was the most favorite universal song, especially in America, because it was so universal and because we loved to carol back in the day. It was the favorite caroling song, and they would swell at the end, Oh, come let us adore him. That is until 1941. Do you know what song beat it out? 1941? 1941, Bing Crosby introduced White Christmas for the first time on the radio, and it probably became the most beloved Christmas song. As we look at this carol this morning, let's be honest. You and I don't always fit the description of the people that we just sang about. The people who are coming to worship Jesus, the newborn king. The first two lines uh, of All Come, All Ye Faithful are on the screen. It says, O come, all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Notice those three words. Faithful, joyful, triumphant. The Bible says that the birth of Jesus brings faith. It brings joy and it brings victory. The problem is we don't always feel that way. Even at Christmas time, sometimes we feel faithless. Sometimes we feel joyless. Sometimes we feel defeated. Maybe for you, Christmas doesn't really bring back the best of memories. Not everyone had a great childhood or an experience. Or maybe you used to feel joy at Christmas. The season used to be very real and alive to you, but you've lost that. And now you're just kind of going through the motions. You've lost your joy, and maybe you even lost some of your faith along the way. That's why today I want us to rediscover the joy, the triumph, and the faith that we sing about in the carol, O Come All Ye Faithful. So in your notes and on the screen, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. The new life is here. The old is gone. The Apostle Paul is saying that we have a new life. When we connect, when we begin a relationship with Jesus, a new life begins in us. This is the whole purpose of the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus is the culmination of the plan that God had laid out from the very beginning of time. The plan to give you and me the opportunity to receive this new life. And Jesus gives it to everyone who believes in him. God wants us to give, give us this new life. And through that new life, that's how we experience faith. And that's how we experience joy. And that's how we experience victory. So in your notes, it says, Jesus brings new life when I, and here's the first step. Jesus brings new, new life when I trust him for my salvation. That's the first blank. 
If anyone wants new life, it begins with this. You have to start here. It begins when I trust Jesus for my salvation. Now remember, Christmas really is the celebration of a birthday, right? A great big birthday party, the birth of Jesus our Savior. God became human so that he could be with us now and forever. Remember, Pastor Sherry kind of hinted at that this morning. That's what Emmanuel means. That's what we talked about the very first week of our series. Jesus was born so that you and I could have new life. Actually, Jesus was born so that we could be reborn, is what the Bible says. Here's what I mean when I say reborn. You see, we were all born the first time physically in this world, but the problem is we were, broken, uh, we were born into a broken and sinful world. Because of our fallen, our sinful nature that's passed down from Adam and Eve. Remember, they were the first sinners, and because we're all their children, they're the father and mother of all creation, of all human race, we were naturally born into a life where we would sin. And the problem is that sin, the Bible is very clear, sin is what separates us from God. God is perfect. He has no sin. He has no faults. And our sin separates us from God. Our relationship with God was broken from the beginning. We're born into a sinful and broken world, and because of that, we all sin. Pastor Paul sins, you sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned. The birth of Jesus means that we don't have to stay separated from God. Jesus came to take away our sins, to give us new life, to restore the relationship that we were meant to have with God. And so Jesus says, you can be reborn spiritually. If you remember the story of Nicodemus, he tells him he needs to be reborn. Even though we inherited a sinful nature and were physically born into a sinful world, we can be reborn. Being reborn spiritually, receiving this new life that Jesus offers as a free gift, listen to me, costs you absolutely nothing to receive. Because ultimately, Jesus paid for the entire thing with his death on the cross. Free, absolutely nothing. Like any gift that we're given, even like at at Christmas, like a Christmas present, we must receive it. We must accept it. We have to open it, right? That's the part of a gift. How do you open this gift? How do we receive this new life? Paul writes in Romans 10, 9, and 10, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in him, uh, in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and you are saved. So you receive God's gift of salvation when you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, and you decide to make him the leader of your life, the savior of your life, and that's how you're reborn spiritually. Now, it's, a, it's a, a choice that we make, but we know there's more to it than that. God's spirit is the one who makes us new and who changes us on the inside. There's some of you listening today more than anything, whether you're listening online or you'll listen to this later, or you're here in the sanctuary, more than anything right now, you need 
this new life. You need to experience forgiveness and peace that can only be found in Jesus. For a moment, I just want to talk to those of you who have maybe never trusted Jesus for your salvation. You're not sure that you've ever taken that step to get right from God. I can remember our first church after we graduated uh, from Southern Westland. Christy actually was a year ahead of me, so she was already graduated and working at Southern Westland. And uh, we were at Oakway, and we left Oakway and headed to North Carolina near Greensboro to our first full-time pastorate. Uh, we were assistant pastors there. I remember one particular Sunday, there was a gentleman, he always sat on the back row, he and his wife, and he had asked pastor to talk with him. I can't quite remember if it was that morning or the next day, but he was getting ready to go for surgery. It was kind of a routine surgery. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't major, right? This fellow was about 60 years old. His wife grew up in that church, and um, he had been coming for a every service. But something happened to him. He had never had surgery before, and he got so terrified that he might die. And he wasn't sure that he knew Jesus. I couldn't believe it. I mean, the nicest guy in the world, he was quiet. Everyone would have assumed this guy knows Jesus. He's married to her. I mean, they're the best Christian family in the whole church. But he wanted to make sure he knew Jesus, you see, you can live your whole life. I learned when I came to the South, when you live in the Bible Belt, you're raised to go to church. You're raised to be a good old boy, right? You go to church. Mama wants you in church. That doesn't mean you believe. Everybody's got to make that choice. And you want to make sure that you have received Jesus for yourself. Maybe you thought salvation was about being a good person. And so you've lived your life trying to do good things, and, but you're always wondering if you've done enough to please God or if you're a good enough person to make God happy. It's possible that you've always had this nagging doubt in the back of your mind. You've had this fear that maybe you're missing something. There's some space in your notes, and I want you to write down uh, one word in all caps. I want you to write down the word do, D-O. Do. Maybe you've always thought that getting right with God was about being a good person. It was, in a, it was about what you do. But I want you to see that salvation is not about what you do because you can never do enough. The sin in our life separates us from God. Some of you right now, you're exhausted by trying to do enough to earn your salvation. You're trying to convince God. You're trying to convince others. You're trying to convince yourself. The good news is that salvation isn't about what you do. Draw a slash to that word do because salvation isn't about what you do. So near that word, I want you to write down another word in all caps, the word done. D-O-N-E. It's about what Jesus has already done done. Everything that has to happen for your salvation has already been done by Jesus Christ on the cross. It's not about what I do. It's about what Jesus has done. You see, it's possible to do a lot of good things in your life and still miss the entire purpose of your life. 
which is to have a relationship with God. It's possible to be a good person and still miss out on heaven. You don't earn your way into a relationship with God or into heaven. It's a free gift that Jesus offers everyone. You just have to receive it. You just have to accept it. Maybe you've been looking for purpose and joy and victory that we've sung about this morning. You've been looking for that through success or your job or maybe going through school and getting a certain degree or looking for that through relationships or money or possessions or whatever other way. But for some reason, you just keep coming up empty. That's because there is nothing in this world that can fulfill that deep spiritual emptiness that we all have within us. No person or thing can. Only Jesus can fill that void. On that first Christmas, God stepped out of heaven and he came to earth to offer you the first and the most important Christmas gift ever. His son, Jesus Christ, and through a relationship with him, that's when we experience hope and joy and eternal life. And if you're here or if you're watching and you've never received that gift, if you've never believed in Jesus or you're not sure, you've never trusted him as the leader of your life, let me encourage you, don't put it off another day. Make the decision today to accept the free gift of salvation that Jesus is offering you Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. I want to take a minute right now and I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I know we usually do this at the end, but we're going to do it right in the middle. Let this be time between you and God. And I want you to begin, if you are already know God's been speaking to you probably long before this morning, but you know you want to begin that new life with Jesus that he's offering you. I simply want you in your heart and in your mind to pray this simple prayer that I'm about to pray. Here it is. Pray with me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God, that you came into this broken world that first Christmas to give us hope and joy and peace. I believe that you died on the cross and that God the Father raised you from the dead. Jesus, today, forgive me of my sins. I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. There may be people in this room or online that just stepped from an eternity separated from God into a new relationship and eternal life with God. We take it for granted, folks, when we come to church every Sunday, yes, we know Jesus, but the world who doesn't know him is hanging by a thread, and they're desperate to know him. If you made that decision this morning, uh, we turn in our connection cards at the end of the service. If you made that commitment today, I want you to write it on your card. If you did it online, I want you to, to let Pastor Heath know as he's working with Facebook or fill out that connection card. And it's simply this is the reason. It's the most important decision that you'll ever make. And I just want to be able to encourage you as you begin this new life and this journey of faith. That's the only reason. So we can follow up with you. So Jesus brings new life when I trust him with 
my salvation, but Jesus brings new life when I talk with him about my problems. When I talk to him, that's the second space in your notes. When you have problems and fears and worries and anxieties, when things aren't going right in your life, who do you talk to first? Who do you turn to first? If you remember this fall in our series on how to handle life's problems, we learned that when we have problems, God wants us to turn to Him first. We usually turn to a friend, we turn to a parent, we turn to a spouse, we turn to somebody and we like to talk all about it, but God wants us to come to Him first. Now, when it comes to living the Christian life, we can still experience problems and fear and anxiety. Here's what happens. We become a follower of Jesus. We receive God's salvation. We receive this new life, this new faith, joy, and victory that we get from Jesus. And because of all that, we think now everything is going to be easy peasy, right? I got this whip now. Everything's going to go our way. Everything's going to turn out right because I've become a follower of Jesus. God's going to remove all my problems, all the things that I struggled with before, all my fears, all my sins, all my insecurities. All that's going to be gone. We give our life to Jesus and then we're surprised to discover we still got problems. It doesn't feel like our life has gotten any better. We start to wonder if trusting in Jesus has made any difference at all we ask ourselves where's the joy where's the peace where's the victory that we sang about this morning listen don't let the weariness and the burdens and the doubts take over and rob your life tell satan to zip it here's the truth following jesus is not a get out of jail free card do you remember in monopoly you go to jail, you have to sit there for three turns hoping to roll doubles. Waste a lot of time while everyone's buying up the good properties. You kind of put on hold. Life is not a get-out-of-jail-free card where you display that. You say, I'm not in jail. Bam, I'm out. Your problems don't instantly going to go away. We're going to encounter challenges in life even after we become followers of Jesus. Here's the good news. When we receive this new life in Christ, we're no longer alone with our problems. You now have an advocate, a helper. You now have an all-powerful God who is always with you and who is always working all things out for our good, the Scripture says. He cares deeply about whatever is going on in your life. What God desires is that you will bring your burdens and your struggles to him. Let's watch this video together. So what now, God? I'm tired of failing. I cannot live like this anymore. And this prayer thing, I really don't know how to do it. Are you even listening? I mean, I pray for financial help things aren't getting better. I pray for guidance and making decisions, but decisions aren't getting easier. I pray for my relationships to improve, but they're just getting worse. Would you talk to me? I can't hear you. I can't smell you. I can't touch you. I can't feel you. Would you just please talk to me? What do you want me to do? I'll do it. 
You want me to read more? You want me to pray more? Is that what you want? Fine. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. I don't even know what that means. What, a kingdom of justice? Of equality? Of freedom? What? A kingdom of french fries and sour cream? Of cucumbers? Of what? Because all I know is this dirty old rotten world. Where is this kingdom? And is this all there is? Right here, right now? Is this all I'll ever know? What do you want from me, God? Would you talk to me? Are you even listening? It's a weird video. There's no ending. First Peter 5.7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Sometimes it feels like God is far off, that he's distant, that he doesn't really care about what's going on in our life, that he's way up in heaven, not paying attention. But listen, that's not true. This is what I love so much about God. He's a personal God who loves you so much. He chose to step into our world at Christmas. He came to earth as Jesus Christ to live among us, to show us how we should live our lives, and then to die on the cross so that we could have eternal life, so we could experience new life. That's what we're talking about this morning. The same God who did that for you wants you to bring your worries, your fears, your cares to him, no matter how big and no matter how small. We all struggle with this at some time. Sometimes we think that this thing is just too small for God. I, I really shouldn't be worrying him with it. I'm sure he wants me to be a grown-up and suck it up and deal with it myself. These worries are just too small for God. So I'm not going to bother with him, him with them. I'm, and so we don't. And for some reason, we think we can handle the small stuff all on our own. Remember this summer we had our worry wagon? Worry is about taking things from tomorrow and piling it on today, we just start loading up our wagon just with the small ones, right? God with those, and they're not that too heavy to lug around, but pretty soon, even the small ones start to pile up. The danger is that when we get in the habit of trying to deal with all these, even the little things on our own, and in our own strength, when the big issues come along, we begin to think prayer isn't going to make much of a difference. We think we just got to handle it all on our own. If we don't stay in communication with God, bringing Him our problems, talking to Him through prayer, and keeping Him close, it will affect our faith. Nothing is too big for God. Nothing is too small for God. One of the reasons that Jesus came into our world at Christmas is he wanted to say, I understand not only the big things, but I also understand all the little things that you're struggling with because I lived it. I experienced it. I don't know if you've heard the story, the great Christmas story by Paul Harvey about the story of the birds. I'd love to hear it at Christmas. You can look it up on YouTube if you've not heard it. Paul Harvey tells the story in a really dramatic way of a farmer who is at home on this Christmas Eve and he's sitting, it's snowing outside, he's got a large picture window and he's, as he's sitting there, all of a sudden he starts hearing thud, 
thud, thud. There's a big snowstorm and the birds are trying to get to shelter and they see the big window and they see the light and they think it's warm so they're trying to get in and they keep running into the window and falling down in the snow and he walks outside and he sees all the birds flopping on the ground. So he wants to help them. So he goes around the back of the house and he opens up the barn and he turns on the light and he goes and he starts trying to shoo the birds in but the more that he tries to get them to come in, the more they scatter. They're afraid of him. And he, and he finally gets frustrated because he knows they can't understand. He said, if only I was a bird, and then I could tell him. That's what the Christmas story is. If only I could become like them. Then they would understand I can fully understand everything because I've lived it. I can Understand everything that they think, everything they feel, everything they experience because I was fully human. I was just like one of them. Listen, because of that, we can worry less and trust God more. He understands. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. So let's just stop right there. How many of you read that and thought, well, that's easier said than done? Right? Don't you love those scriptures? Those are the ones we don't pay. Let's not focus on that one today, right? Especially when you're stressed. The question is, how do I do this? How do I stop worrying and how do I give my worries to God? How do I stop worrying about how I'm going to pay my bills this month? How do I stop worrying about my kids? How do I stop worrying about being alone? How do I stop worrying about my health? How do I stop worrying about my job? You fill in the blank. How do I stop worrying about my blank? What have you been thinking about all week? How do I stop worrying about all of this? It's easy to say, hey, don't worry about anything, but it's really difficult when you feel like your life is overwhelmed and it's starting to unravel. Philippians says, don't worry about anything, but listen, there's more. Let's read the rest of the verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The Bible says, don't worry about anything, instead, Pray about everything. Talk to God about everything you're going through, the good, the bad, the big, and the small. When we talk to God, listen, it doesn't mean he's going to snap his fingers and give you a magical uh, solution to all your problems. God is not our personal genie in a bottle, and he is not Santa Claus. But this is what I do know. In prayer... He will be with you. He will strengthen you. He will give you wisdom and courage. He will give you peace that passes all understanding as you go through the storms of life. You are never alone. He will also be with you through all of your problems. Listen, just be patient. Let him be the leader of your life, your Lord, and trust him, like I said last week, to give you exactly what you need exactly when you need it. God is never late. What about those times when my problems don't go away and I pray and there's only silence and I begin to doubt God? It's kind of like the guy in the video we just saw. 1 Peter 4.19 says, For according to God's will should do this, commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. What this verse is telling us is keep on doing what you know is right. Don't give up. 
You keep doing what is right and entrust your life to the God, to the Creator who made you, because He will never fail you. Sometimes our problems just won't go away. Sometimes the answer doesn't come in the time frame that come. But even in the midst of those times, remember that God hasn't left. He is right there beside you, and he's working all things out for our good, as Romans says. Listen, I have often found in my life that it's actually through those times of struggle, like when that guy is on the floor. I remember that happened to me in college as a young adult. I can remember many times in my life when it just seems like God didn't answer and I was struggling. God would use those times of struggle to bring me to a point of surrender to give up the struggle to handle things on my own. Boy, he just lets you go in a circle. We've been through this before, and you ain't getting it, dummy. Right? Let's try this again. God doesn't want you to lose hope. He's not like making you go through this to wear you out. But he will always allow you to get to the point that you uh, will let go of everything else to rely on him completely and to trust him, and to hold on to him, and to his promises, and his peace. God will bring you to that point. He needs you to come to that point. So it brings us to the final step of receiving new life from Jesus. I trust him for my salvation. I talk to him about my problems, but I turn my future over to him. Not only do we give him our present troubles over to Jesus, but we also give him our future For most of us, the most appealing part of relationship with Jesus and trusting him is that he forgives our past and he puts us on a new path, right? We are eager to let go of our past, but we often want to keep control of our future. It's our natural tendency to want to take control. We want to make the decisions. We want to make the plans. But when you trust Jesus with your future, when you turn it over to him, your life is no longer your own. Scripture says you are bought with a price. Your life is not your own. Your life now belongs to him. Your future is his. Your family is his. I didn't come to, to this place. I didn't understand this principle the moment I received Jesus. The truth is, I didn't even come to this point after after following Jesus for several years. Letting Jesus save you from sin and be your savior is easy. Remember, he did all the work. But trusting Jesus to be the Lord of your life, to give up control, is another level of maturity. Once we become a follower of Jesus, he doesn't just want 50% or 75% or like the Lysol, he doesn't want 99.9%. He wants 100% of your life. And here's why. Because God loves you and he has a plan for your best future. He wants the very best for you and he wants 100% of your life so that he can bless 100% of your life. And until you decide that you're going to give God 100% of your life, that means every area of your life, every decision, every fear, every worry, every shortcoming, until you do that, he will wait. And God literally has all the time in the world. He's not a bully. He's not going to strong arm you. He's going to wait on you to make the decision to give him all of your life. You can trust him because God has an amazing life, much better than the one that you're plotting out for yourself. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. 
You can keep trying to do your own thing, but you're going to end up miserable. You're going to end up empty. You're going to uh, end up frustrated. You're going to end up disappointed because you were created for God's plans. God knows the plans he has for you because he created you for them. You're never going to experience the real life God has for you until you're willing to let him be your Lord and give him 100% of your life and live for him. And in case you've ever wondered, that's the goal here. That's why we have church. Because you need to come to understand about Jesus. You need to accept his gift of salvation and eventually surrender everything to him and walk closely with him every day. It's a process, but that's the goal. We're saying, oh, come, all ye faithful earlier. And one of the lines of that carol says, come and behold him, born the king of angels. Now, that's the opposite of how we look at the nativity I shared with you last week. We think it's warm and cozy. It's sweet, very safe and warm. There's Mary and there's Joseph and there's sweet little baby Jesus, cozy and comfortable. But realize when Jesus was born, even if he was lying in a king of the angels as i said last week he's always been the king of the world he was born the king of kings and the lord of lords he is the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end he is the author of life that little baby was the author and the perfecter of our faith he's the one who spoke everything into existence he's our salvation he's our hope Sing with me this morning. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. We'll give Him all the glory. We'll give Him all the glory. We'll give Him all the glory. He cries, the Lord, for He alone is worthy. For he alone worthy, for he alone is worthy. Christ the Lord. Because he's our Lord, we adore him. Not because he was a sweet little baby because he is Christ the Lord, the Savior of the world, and the giver of life. He's not just a little baby born in a stable 2,000 years ago, but if you will accept him as your Savior and trust him as your Lord, when you put your trust in him, that's when the old life dies and the new life takes over. Romans 6.4 says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Jesus came on Christmas so that you could have new life. 
so that you could have joy, so that you could have faith, so you could have victory. Let's pray together. Jesus, we do need more of you. Father, I pray that each one of us would realize that our relationship with you is so important. We get, we get caught up in this world, our troubles, our just stress can get, us, get our focus off. But God, this morning, we are telling you, we want to see Christ the Lord. We want to see you in these next few weeks of Christmas. We want to put you in the right place. We need more of you, just like that man was laying basically on the floor and crying out to God, God, will you help me? God, will you speak to me? And God, you are there, ready and willing. Bring us to a place in our lives, God. Not, most of us don't like it. We don't like to go through tough stuff, but God, be faithful to us. Bring us to a place where we will trust you ultimately and let go of, the, of, the, of silly things in this world, but cling on to the King of kings and Lord of lords. God, thank you that there's a new life in us today. If we're not experiencing joy, if we're not experiencing peace, it's okay, we go through hard times, but know that all of those things are real and God, you want to bring them out in our life. Help us to trust you today. Go with us this week. Give us a great week and bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. The ushers are going to come and dismiss you at this time. What an incredible message this morning for Pastor Paul. What a wonderful reminder that if we have life in Christ, that we are a new creation. And as we head into a new year, a lot of us are going to make New Year's resolutions. We're going to set goals. But what a great reminder that Jesus allows us, that the Holy Spirit allows us to turn over a new leaf, to be transformed, to be the people that we were created to be. I would encourage you, if you've watched online today, go to pickensviewchurch.com slash connect and fill out the online connection card. We would love to hear from you. We would love to know where you're watching from. And we would love to know how we can pray for you. And even though you're not with us physically, we know that you're here with us in spirit. And we want you to know that even though there might be distance between us, we still want to minister to you. We still want to know what your needs is, needs are, and we want to know how we can be a part of your life. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And thank you once again for joining us for our online worship experience. We'll see you soon.